Oh, hi, how's it going? This is episode 69 of Low Profile. I'm your host and producer, Markley Morrison, and today we're going to be hanging out with one of my very favorite up-and-coming, I guess you could say country singers, Austin Leonard Jones. Austin, like the city he's named for, is from Texas, which you'll be hearing more about in a bit, and currently calls Southern California his home. When you wake up in the morning with no way to hold your head, it just don't hurt. It's a cup of coffee pouring and a younger woman crying in her skirt. No, you're just a dreamer. You still have to punch the clock and go to work. Sorry, entertainer, nobody understands how much it hurts. Don't cry, Sylvia. Everything and everyone comes to an end. Don't cry, Sylvia. Someday, man and ape will meet again. In the past year, he's released four albums on cassette tape, a live record, a collection of new songs called Dead Calm, and a 10-year retrospective in two volumes called The Wonder Years of Austin Leonard Jones. He's the guy who helped me facilitate my season one interview with Bobby Frank Brown, one of the most popular episodes I put out to date. And since then, I've discovered Austin's albums and literally cannot stop listening and singing along. I rank him alongside my favorite American songwriters, right up there with Chris Christopherson and David Berman and, I don't know, Stephen Merritt. You might have heard his live performance and interview a few months ago from the Shirler Sundays concert series. If not, you might want to check that out after this to get a double dose of goodies from this guy. Today, we're talking tour stories, hanging out in Mexico, veggie burgers, the Beach Boys, and riding around in the pickup with his best friend, Shenandoah. Mr. Morrison, how are you, sir? Hey, Austin, Leonard Jones. Good to hear you, man. Good to hear from you, man. How you been? I've been, in general, pretty blessed i'd say uh that's good yeah well then you're in olympia right yeah and uh where are you yeah. austin i'm in ojai california in ventura nice nice ventura county yeah 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 uh it's beautiful you out ever been there. up here uh-huh oh yeah i uh i like to go yeah. thrift store shopping in ventura downtown dude yes that is true knowledge it is it is some of the best thrifting in southern california yeah yeah we oxnard too oh yeah i haven't i haven't hit oxnard but yeah that's that's the the little town next to ventura but it, they're all it's it's all it's a good run hey yo artists and musicians who us yeah do you want your own vinyl records yeah but i can't order a thousand of them or wait like a year to get them yeah, we're going on tour in two months. Check out our friends lathecuts.com. 
They'll make you vinyl singles in quantities as small as 50 copies and as quickly as three or four weeks. Get out of here. You heard me right. All their pricing is a la carte and they can help you pick a package that fits your budget. Okay, who we talk to about this? You need to email my buddy Mike. His address is lathecuts at yahoo.com. And if you mention low profile, you'll get a 10% overrun on your order. So if I order 50 records? Mike's going to send you 55. If I order 75, I guess you will get 82 and a half? Something like that. Remember, you got to mention low profile to get that deal, and it won't be around forever. What was that address again? That's lathecuts at yahoo.com. Custom-made records in small quantities. Mention low profile to get a 10% overrun on your order. And emailing now. Well, man, you got um, you got a new tape that'll be out by the time this episode's out called Dead Calm. Yeah, man, yeah. I've been listening to that, and I wonder if uh, the Australia song is, like, truly autobiographical. Is that, like, pretty much a journal entry? Or? Uh, 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 pretty much, yeah. So it, it's, it, it was actually written in Australia, like, on my phone on a, on a, uh, on a park bench in the, the morning after show, you know, drinking a bunch of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of shelved because... I I went inside and I played it for the guys and they were and they were like <laughs> I think kind of thrown off by the straightforwardness of it and the immediacy of it and I was more so conscious then about what other people thought than I am now and uh, so I kind of shelved it and then when I was doing this I was like I really like that and I really want to do it and uh, it's funny to to kind of yeah look back on it but it basically is kind of a, a journal entry with some exaggerations uh, and to, to Fit the, you know, cadence and rhyme. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I I just like that it's a it's a good old fashioned country song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night in Melbourne, some kid stopped to tell me my music was too country for this town. I had just played a show and heading for the door, I stopped and took a real hard look around. Couple of kids dancing and. Adamant t-shirts Their hair spiked up all yellow, pink, and green I had to laugh There I was, 34 years old Trapped inside another teenage music scene When we got to Perth I busted laughing at the band Trying so hard to make everybody cry Singer was whining Wailing like a fish, like a weak and watered down Ian McKay. Nobody noticed that the 80s were all gone. We were pretty far from Washington, D.C. So I picked up my guitar and I tried to laugh it off. Here I go, another teenage music scene. So I, I just love country music. I always have. I've lived it my whole life. It's just something that's always been there, and I've always wanted to explore it more. And this was a way to, for me to begin that. I'm probably going to do it again for a few, few more albums. And you lived there, right? In Texas. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Texas. Yeah, I grew up in Texas. My family's been there a really long time, from San Antonio. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was, I was just watching uh, Heartworn Highways the other night. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of love for Texas. Jerry Jeff, who I kind of hear in your stuff a little bit. Yes, definitely. I mean, he's a he's a big influence and a, a, a influence from, you know, young days. He's good for kids, uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, and uh, just always loved him and, and, and his stuff. Uh, but he's, he's, yeah, I would say he's a direct influence for sure. What brought you to Ojai? Uh, I really wanted to live in California, and I I I, I can't handle uh, Los Angeles. And I've been to Ojai, and I, I like Ventura very much. And I just found a place on Craigslist one day that was uh, kind of perfect and affordable. And so I took it and just left. <laughs> Never came back. Did you already live on the West Coast when you wrote surf motel no but i was doing a ton all, all the touring i did like when i met you uh in olympia was all west coast based i've, I've my music has not crossed the mason dixon line <laughs> um i've played in the south uh a little bit and then mostly lots of west coast so i spent a ton of time driving up and down the west coast town across the border from you i'm assuming was juarez because you wrote a song about juarez yes it's not the closest border town um but uh it's hit the song the most and uh it was more specific it was it was more about a uh like a, a kind of cowboy movie director western movie director gone off the rails uh, or, or a cowboy movie actor um, who's uh, lost his job and, and 
lost his money and alcoholic and addicted to drugs and decides to cross the border from El Paso to Juarez to uh, drink himself to death. Mm. But it, it had nothing to do with the distance. It's just more, I think, fits better. Have you ever been to Juarez? Uh, I have not been to Juarez, and uh, I've been to El Paso many times. Um, but that's a board, that's one of the border towns I've never been to. The border towns I went to uh, growing up were were uh, south uh, as opposed to west Texas, south Texas, like Nuevo Laredo. What went down over there? Why why would you go there? Um, just to go to Mexico, it wasn't that far. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, around my teenage years, uh, kids would go to buy drugs, pills from the pharmacies. What's the most wholesome thing you've done in Mexico? I've only done wholesome things. I'd say soccer on the beach with my family and a bunch of kids, local kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Puerto Vallarta and uh, art museums in uh, Mexico City and Monterey. When I was a kid, I would go to Tijuana, and yeah, like we would go there. Like if someone in the family was getting married, that was a place you go if you're going to get a bunch of suits tailored, like in a hurry. Oh, I mm. could see that. Yeah, and I bet Zemzu. it has a similar vibe. And uh, or you buy a used car and you want to get like a classy paint job. And yeah, I can it, see like, that. And then since I've since I've moved up. Uh, to the northwest where they don't have fluoride in the water. Oh, yeah. I fly down or drive down to Tijuana and go see my dentist because she's going to charge me about 20% of whatever <laughs> the yes, I, the locals I, I are going to charge me. <laughs> yeah, I know lots of people who go to Mexico for dental work and, and, and uh, big, uh, you know, like big jobs and stuff teeth replaced but i've been to juarez twice uh oh wow that's awesome on tour in el paso uh both times the first thing we did was we started looking for like a hotel where we could stay at and the first place we went into we walked like up two flights of stairs and there was tv on behind the behind the check-in desk the tv was on there was like a full cigarette that had just been lit burning in the ashtray on the counter, (laughs) but no one in sight and all the doors to all the bedrooms were open and they like had like a sign posting a very low rate for a night there, but we're just like extremely suspicious. So we were, we were stupid. We just walked around in there looking for an employee and we just yeah, walked yeah. through all their hotel rooms the and uh, we didn't see anything. We're like, well, we could just crash here, but seems a little sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you wouldn't want to wake up to somebody with a gun in your face. And then the next place we went to, um, we, we stopped and uh, like talked to the person at the counter who was there and they said, okay, how many hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always a good sign. about a mountain? How about a tree? How about some leaves blowing around in the breeze? How about a golden light? How about an incoming tide? 
emotions coming inside Tell man that that tune kind of evokes to me like the things I feel when I listen to like you know like seventies Beach Boys. Yeah, and that was a direct inspiration. Uh, there's even kind of references in there. I thought I thought uh, there was references. What uh, is it, Big Sur? Or this, so that's it's there's a lot. There's that. The, there's Kokomo. Uh-huh. Um, uh And just kind of the spirit of Mike Love in general. Um, and some of the vocal phrasing, but it, it's kind of like a Beach Boys tribute song in a way. Yeah, the Mike Love version of Beach Boys is playing like just up the road a piece from here later this summer. You think we should go? Oh yeah, probably. I think it's got like John Stamos and um, yep, yep. Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Oh, I, which I, I, think I, I heard about that. I'm always joking that like when we take like people our age take our grandkids to go see the beach boys mark it's mcgrath like, and john stamus are going to be the only original members yeah probably <laughs> and they'll have holograms for the rest of the guys right right Those are gonna i mean mike cheap. love has some very, has some horrible political opinions but i i don't i'm not on the the the, the hate mike love train uh, i i think he's kind of brilliant and uh underrated songwriter uh you know and, and he's just such a jerk and an unlikable person he's probably still paying off a lot of divorce settlements and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> the payments on houses i just love the beach boys though and i was i'm glad i wasn't incorrect in interpreting no you weren't incorrect yeah. at all no that that's that's a spot on and and you know i i wasn't trying to hide it it's uh you know they're they're important to me and they're part of you know i mean even the reason why i wanted to live in california i wouldn't say is because of the beach boys but they're part of the mythos that oh, surrounded yeah. the kind of lore yeah they just uh, romanticize california so hard exactly yeah and and even historically you know i put them up there with with you know anything else that, that you know has something to do with california history uh and they're just ingrained and so uh they're just yeah they're important you've done some other sort of tribute things that were pretty deliberate i'd say um what's that song about skip spence yes king of the coast right yeah and the same thing that that uh kind of has some melodies for uh i'll come to meet her off the record or is uh, his, his only album it's not the exact same but I kind of took the pattern that he was doing Skip was not a- 
I think you nailed the drums. Like that was what like really like sealed the deal. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know, yeah. I know exactly what's going on here. Exactly. Yes. 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 It's kind of like, yeah, but I, I like doing stuff like that, uh, and it's a way of you know, kind of putting myself up there with my favorite guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like fun Easter eggs for nerds. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Or, or other fans. Well, and it makes for, I make friends that way because people will, will, you know, will pick up on that, and then you know you have a new homie. <laughs> One of the songs that has really been haunting me since I've been digging into your work is uh, the Turkey Vulture, and like we we've been talking about California, that song like totally puts me in like you know nineteen seventies Laurel Canyon scene. Well, I appreciate that. And that, well, and that has some direct references to to uh, uh, Robert Altman's son. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, the Mash, who wrote the Mash theme, when as a teenager. Oh yeah, what suicide is painless? Suicide is painless. Yes. What and, a and pretty that, song with a very morbid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, written by written by a little kid. Oh uh, my gosh! And uh, I didn't know that, that would that. That was written by a kid. He he was yeah, a child. The, the, yes, the director Robert Altman. It was his son. <laughs> Holy! And cow. I, I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, which, uh, uh, out of respect, I feel a little bad for. Well, but, we'll uh, have a we'll have a robot read it for us right now. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Throw that in. Michael Altman. I could put in sound effects whenever you want to. If you want to cue me, like. Oh yeah, you know, okay. Trombone slide you know. or yeah, <laughs> or a ding, ding, ding. Louisiana on the way to Texarkana, blending the scenery to one. I keep driving through the hills that I see flying A turkey vulture in the sun There's a one-eyed Catahoula Who guards the council's golden door He sees the sunrise From his cabin on the hillside the turkey vultures, they're no more. 
where did we get this uh, retrospective compilation? It's it's the Wonder Years of Austin Leonard Jones. Yes. Um, uh. It it's terrific. It's it's kind of like your uh, like your decade compilation. That's exactly what it was based on too. That was the idea. Oh, <laughs> Is I, that right? I, yep. Because I, I I made it to a decade and I had you know all the songs and you know the the albums are are, are you know very limited release on cassettes and uh, you know vinyl that one vinyl and a you know scattered seven inches uh, and there was no uh, way where you could you know like I. I would sell out so quickly, so I'd play concerts and stuff, and I wouldn't have them. And so I combed through and with a friend and uh, picked all our favorites and combined it into that. Yeah, into so I could have my decade. That's great. Yeah, there's nothing worse than when you're like you do a performance and then people really want to buy something from you and you don't have it. Exactly. <laughs> you're yes. just like everybody yeah, loses. And- no, and that's another good thing about being on a record label is I can finally have more copies and, you know, reprinting and you can uh, say time to reorder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I've been very fortunate that. Yeah, Lou put it out and uh, we remastered them all too to make it, you know, give it some kind of difference, I guess. Well, it sounds terrific. Um, oh, thanks. And it's a great gateway drug into your pretty deep discography that you've got now. Yeah. And that was kind of the idea is, is to, you know, for newcomers, uh, people to get acquainted with like a, like a business card. Uh, I'd like to think I'm going to do something similar in another 10 years. Hi, I'm Anna Winter. Do you love listening to Low Profile? There are several ways you can support this show. You can sign up for flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash lowprofile. Those donations help Markley keep this show running smoothly and are vital to Low Profile's progress at the cost of a cup of coffee once a month. If you join the Patreon community, you can get advanced episode releases, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and early access to merchandise. If you can't contribute financially, it always helps if you tell a friend about your favorite episodes, share about Low Profile on social media, subscribe for free on your favorite podcast platform, and give us a rating and review whenever you listen. Low Profile also receives in-kind support thanks to these independent Olympia businesses. San Francisco Street Bakery, Schwartz's Deli, Rainy Day Records, Old School Pizzeria, and Schurler Easy Premium Shitty American Lager from Three Magnets Brewing Company. And most of all, thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Now, let's get to today's show. Were you behind any of the uh, the cover art or packaging choices? Like, uh, yeah, particularly yeah. on I the designed, cassette versions. Yeah, I, I designed that, uh, and my friend Sam Sanford executed it. Uh, but uh, I, I kind of made the mock-up, and then I had him do the watercolors. So I, the the listener will be able to look at this episode's website and see pictures of it. And can you tell us who we're looking at on these two portraits? Volume one is Merle Kilgore, uh, a country singer, uh, almost kind of borderline novelty country singer. You might have seen him, or Hee Haw. 
he might have been on that if you're familiar with that oh, television yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, that was still in syndication when I was a kid. Hell of a face. Yeah, he's got a hell of a face. Your friend did injustice. Um, and then yeah, volume he did, two? Yes. That's Larry Hagman, uh, who is the star. He played uh, J.R. Ewick in the show Dallas. Okay. And uh, ironically, he uh, lived in and died in Ojai. <laughs> Whoa. Um, and I kind of have a fascination with that character as like the kind of a fat cat Texan, um, the ar- archetypal, you know, just sleazy son of a bitch in in the big suit you know okay yeah no i've never i've never seen dallas i've that's the show I, that I had the controversy with the uh who shot that's yeah who shot, who shot that jr character. yeah i actually haven't seen the show either um but the imagery is enough for me it's, it's interesting i i'm looking at i have a little statue of them that i got off ebay uh it, it's i think it's a decanter and you pour your booze in his hat, and you wind it up, and it plays the Dallas theme. I think I've all, I also liked the theme to the show. Like same with Mash. I've never really seen Mash the mm-hmm. show. I'm, I'm I'm familiar with the movie. It's not my favorite Robert Altman movie, but uh, I I love theme songs. What's your uh, favorite Robert songs. Altman movie? McCabe and Mrs. Miller. That's a good one. That's a that's a really yeah. good one. Yeah, I mean. It switches, but right now I would say that one. Did he do being there? He did not. Uh, oh, uh, was that Hal Ashby? I think so. Yes. Okay. All right. Those guys were kind of peas in a pod in my mind, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hippies. Mm. <laughs> you sounded like you had a little disdain in your voice when you said that. Oh no, no, I meant that in a loving way. I love, I love hippies. <laughs> Uh, what what's that song where you mentioned hippies? In the I don't know. I know neighborhood. Oh yes, yes, that's kind sir. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is kind sir by Austin Leonard Jones. Move out west so the sun shines best, and open up the bar where a sawdust floor meets major chords strung from shapely. Buy yourself a pickup With a dog that can ride in the bed Start a career out of honky-tonk tears and songs Yeah. 
originally called david israel named after one of my favorite songwriters and, and a huge influence on me uh contemporary songwriters from austin oh yeah and he was a guy that we, yeah when i first moved there um one of the earliest shows i i i when i when i first moved to texas uh back to texas after college i joined my favorite band from high school um called gulf of mexico and kind of a dinosaur junior uh noise noisy guitar band okay okay and i was re- i was re- really excited really thrilled and uh we played a show our first show actually and uh oh when david israel opened this guy david israel and he played this uh all by himself with the guitar just vocal stripped down like six minute song story songs and i kind of instantly was like i'm i'm gonna uh, quit this band and do that. <laughs> hmm. Just write my own songs, direct. And it took me a long time until my first record came out. Uh, but he was a, you know, an inspiration. And that whole time he was putting out albums, and kind of challenging me to uh, do the same. And I like the fact that he just used his own name. And uh, you know, it was very. And then. I started to see that kind of same thing when I started going on tour in Olympia or Portland. Uh, and, and I met, you know, that guy, Adrian Orange, and saw him play. Oh, and was sure. kind of, at the time, you know, uh, it's just very different than a lot of the kind of more, I guess, almost 90s influenced rock and roll yeah crap that was going on and yeah. it was just fun to watch it was fun to be around and I, I those guys kind of inspired me to put out records in my own name fairly recently you put out an album that was mostly keyboard music and like sort of dub influenced oh yeah yeah uh, uh um uh video shades yeah, I I really yeah. enjoy those sonic journeys, and it's so different oh, man, from from your other work. But I also can feel it bleeding into your work over your whole recording career. Yeah, I, I like. I, I, I'm glad to hear that. That I, that's it was an older recording. Actually, it was it was done after I think that album Galveston, uh, like the week after. Uh, all by myself. Yeah. Uh, so you're like in a few days. You're in the studio with with other people working together, and then you kind of get like some creative wiggles out immediately after. Yeah, yeah. I was reading a lot of J.G. Ballard and listening to Kate Bush and uh, reading William Gibson, and and uh, uh, I, I was like, I want to do like a cyberpunk kind of like you know. You know, movie theme album kind of a thing, mm. and uh, especially those books by Ballard. Just I was hearing music, uh, reading these kind of post-apocalyptic, very beautifully written novels.
noticed a lot of your songs have this like Casio SK something or like like a PT yeah, a PT or SK Casio drum beat. Yeah. I had that SK1 for forever. I, that was a friend. It was an uh, SK1? Who, okay. Yeah, and he, and he lent it to me, and I had that forever, and then he took it back. So that that's why it vanishes after, like, the second album. Well, um, for, for the, the listener's benefit who may not know what a Casio SK is, uh, do you care to elaborate on that? On I, this I don't know is? much about it. It's, it's, a, it's a little, uh, like, a. it might even be for children, it's just like a little kind of beginner's keyboard and it has a sampling uh, uh, feature where you can record and like a, a sound with your voice or something, play that on the keyboard. And then it has little, what I used mostly is little built in drums. Uh, yeah. Which would just be like a little loop and you can build the song on that. What's your first instrument, Austin? Oh, it's a nylon string guitar at, at like eight or nine. Mm. Those real, real little ones, you know, specifically for kids. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And just like, you know, like uh, O Come, Emmanuel, Christmas songs, E minor. Mm-hmm. Played a lot of E minor for some reason. I also really liked for some reason like like something in the way by nirvana like stuff like that okay yeah so i and and i think they're easy to play so i I played a lot of stuff like that Polly. sure sure (laughs) so you were a grunge head 
Yeah, I loved heavy music, and I still do. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'd say like Nirvana. I mean, I, you know, I loved from a little kid like all the stuff my parents liked, and I, which I also still do. Um, and uh, that's where like the country music and Beach Boys and Steely Dan, Creedence, Warren Zevon, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. But then yeah, Nirvana was kind of a breakthrough, and then that kind of turned me on to the punk rock, which then became like the sort of obsession. Uh, and then, but also twined up in that was like metal and stuff. Uh, and I still listen to all that stuff, but I'd say at 18 Mississippi Delta blues uh, is what just shattered everything. And I just listened to that for like two years straight. Uh, and then that was when I started to connect with the idea of just vocal guitar and uh lyrics poetry Mm. and and i think maybe a collision also with david berman oh Um, yeah yeah what's what's your uh what's your relationship with uh the late david berman well i i I, he reminded me of those delta blue singers uh in a way um they were straightforward you know, clean. He also reminded me kind of Michael Hurley, uh, who was a guy, you know, we had that album in the house, mm-hmm. uh, long journey. And long journey. I like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, like I said, at the time I was listening, you know, I, I was, the Jesus lizard was like on the top of my list. And so I loved the, the like noisy, you can't hear what they're saying, screaming music, but I wanted to write songs where I talked about stuff and you could hear me. And it was kind of for me the bridge to, uh, from that to like the country tradition to like the older style, uh, old world of music. And I was able to just find my entryway through those guys to how I was going to write songs. Cause it's kind of like you play the, the hand you're dealt and I wasn't dealt. Like I, I'd much rather be like a, a David Yao, Gibby Haynes type frontman, Darby Crash. Uh, but I, I just don't have it in me, and I can't write songs like that. Have you ever dabbled in the like? I'm just gonna scream format. Definitely, yeah. And it sounds awful. I I sound stupid. <laughs> uh, thank thank God I never did it live. Um, but yeah, we we tried that. That it, heavy music is really hard to make. You have to be really really good. And know what you're doing, and it's very hard to record. Yeah, it's very nuanced. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, and so yeah, so I, I kind of I kind of gave up. Uh, like I said, I listen to it a lot, and I'm still a fan. But I, I, I was like, this I can't write this stuff. And even going back to being a little kid playing a nylon string guitar, I was like, maybe that's just what I want. And that's still how I write all my stuff. Wouldn't you know? Here comes another. Night parrot crashing through my life Some screeching birds from screeching cities Rob people of husbands and wives Anyone at all Not 
shot him right between the balls Pick yourself back up and move along You ever eat hamburgers? I have been a vegetarian since I was uh, in my early 20s. Uh, but I'll, I'll go the I eat veggie burgers. What's your favorite kind of veggie burger, like uh, patty-wise? No preference. Yeah, there's um, a lot I'm on the market these days. There's a lot, and it's kind of overwhelming. So yeah, is I, it I, too much? I, I, a little bit. I mean, that's why I, I'm not. I have no preference. They're all good to me. Um, any style. I guess since you've been out of the meat game for so long, you don't really care if the meat like bleeds beet juice or something like that. No, oh yeah, the new style that they kind of make it. Yeah, yeah. they're impossible. No, I don't, I, they're they're yeah. improbable burgers. Improbable burgers. Yeah. yeah, I think those are probably my least favorite, but I'm not. Uh, I can still deal with them. They just confuse me. Right, right. I often think if I order one, I'm often I often think they've made a mistake. Oh wow, it's that convincing. Yeah, exactly. Harkens I'm, I'm back to like childhood memories. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I really, I just, I'm not sure. You are totally just like debunking the stereotype of a Texan man <laughs> who does not swear by barbecue. Like it's bigger than that. Yeah, Texas, yeah. Texas is really big, and it has a lot more room for different palates. Yeah, yeah, you can be a vegetarian. Uh, uh, I eat fish, and and Kyle uh, says that that means I'm a Texas vegetarian. The Kyle Field, yeah, which I kind of like. You can I thought technically be a pescatarian, but Texas vegetarian is better. I think. Do you still use barbecue sauce for stuff? Um. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it's been a while, but if if you know, I was around some kind of vegetable veggie barbecue thing, I would do it. Right. Now, well, if you are going to come over for a barbecue, we are not going to get rid of our second grill that is designated for non-meat stuff. So, oh, I, I also don't have that problem. They it can be on the same grill. They can touch. They can they can be friends. I'm 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 not a separatist. So, like, someone hands you a bacon wrapped jalapeno, you'll peel the bacon off and. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I I can do that and and give the bacon to a, somebody else or a dog. Hopefully, there's a dog. Yeah, well, there's a dog right by me right now. Are you? Uh, you so you're a pet. Usually, there's a dog. Yeah, I, I've had this one for almost twelve years. What? Uh, and yeah, and and I can't imagine uh, life without one at this point. We grew up with dogs too. Okay. Um, okay. So I I think I've just entered the the family tradition. You want to tell me anything about your dog? Yeah, well, she, she's kind of busy on a on a toy right now, but her name's Shannon Doa, uh, Shannon for short. Uh huh. Um, she's uh, weighs about fifty pounds. Very playful, likes the beach, loves road trips. She went on a tour once, a little solo tour through your area, um, and she's done a lot of Texas tours, little solo tours, and uh, she loves it. She's a good companion. If I burn a flower If I take it to the lake If 
I go swimming in the summer Giving all the palms a shake When I turn into the werewolf When I turn to the bat I hear my voice will start to howl And my wings begin to flap Distance, take the shine out of the sun, take the path of least resistance on your way to having fun. All right, Austin, we're about out of time, but uh, have you been working on anything new? Yes, there's a we'll be going to the studio in January. Of 2023 in Los Angeles uh, to record a new record, yes. At the Polo Club. All right. What's that all about? Um, it'll be it'll be revealed with the record, I would say. <laughs> that's just a, a that's, that's like a little teaser. Fair. It's like enough. when movies just announce the title of the sequel. Uh huh. And and the fans have to piece it together. That's what that's what I'm doing with this. Well, I got to say, I've been uh, heavily indulging in your catalog nonstop for the better part of a year now, and uh, no no sign of slowing, so it'll be a welcome addition, <laughs> whatever you got coming, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that, it's, it's a, you know, a, a lifetime's worth of study is, this, is what I'm going for. Is this with, um, with a band you've been playing live with? Yeah, it'll be with them and with some new friends, uh, kind of a rotating cast. There's quite a bit of us and uh, some more arrangements and different new instruments. It's kind of the, like a very, um, very much what you expect from a, a, a 40 year old dude making a studio record in L.A. Yeah, like I, I've, I'm very much trying to fulfill that era. You know, I, I feel like I've I've grown into that and the home recording you know, uh, literally back home in Texas is over. And now it's, you know, studios and schedules and there's, I'm going to have a dress code enforced. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking this very seriously. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. You got to show them who's boss. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like the bat seats in the studio. Uh, you know, the, those, the photographs where they're in these kind of down and out low key studios, everyone's wearing blazers and looks nice. You thinking about maybe implementing the James Brown penalty system? Or? Oh, de- I already do that. I already do that. <laughs> I've had people, yeah, I've had people complain about that because it's more of a spiritual tax. I don't actually take money, but I find people all the time, and members have gotten upset and complained <laughs> to other members about it. But you know, that's that's where we're at now. That's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah, we're business. We're not messing around. <laughs> well. Bless up, Austin. Bless you. Yes. To the Thank max. you, my friend. <laughs> it's it's been a real pleasure getting to know you and uh look forward to future 
hangouts and all that good stuff. Yes, sir. Me too. You're a fine man. Thank you for talking to me. Hey, where do we send the listener to uh, get your music? There's the Austin Leonard Jones Bandcamp, and then there's the record label Perpetual Doom. And if you're on the go, there's Spotify and, and Apple Music and probably YouTube. Pretty much all the, the standard stuff. Okay. Great. Well, we we love you here at Low Profile yes. Land. Thank you, my friend. We love you, too. We're big fans. See you soon. Yes, sir. This has been the 69th episode of Low Profile with Mark Lee Morrison. My guest today was Austin Leonard Jones. If you'd like to learn more about Austin and his music, you can find links to that on this episode's webpage at lowprofilepodcast.com. The artwork for every episode this season is by Lonnie Morrison, terrific illustrator. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you enjoyed it, why not tell a friend? Uh, Tell people on the internet. Tell whoever you think is going to enjoy this. Pass it on. All right, love you, and I'll catch you next time.